0: do not have a zero and one mentality that when i have the time to exercise then i'm going to work on my sleep then i'm going to work on my mental health and then i'm going to start having nutritious well-balanced food in case you're not in a situation to exercise at least have nutritious home-made meals so do not make it a zero or one either i'm doing it all well or i'm not doing it at all And the other thing is, do not resort to things which are short term. Whenever you are about to start a thing, ask yourself, can I sustain this for the next 10 years?
1: Welcome to the Find You Ultra podcast. I'm your host, Vipin Sharma. I have with me today a very special guest who is a nutrition scientist. Now take that. How many nutrition scientists do you know? I mean, I'm so privileged to know um, Dr. Medha Kapoor personally. We've uh, we go back a long way, right? We've, we've we been do. friends for a very long time. So Medha, uh, in my in my uh, uh, in my little experience with her, Meeda is the most knowledgeable person that I know uh, in the field of nutrition and wellness. You so and and my goal with this podcast initially was to indulge Medha for some fun, mm-hmm. um, to to discuss very nerdy stuff, get in, into the details of what goes inside the cells and mitochondria and and, but then I thought that's not that'll I'll enjoy it, but that's not what's going to help a lot of people, and I believe. Uh, Uh, With all these lifestyle diseases that are uh, uh, prevalent, and uh, the situation is getting really serious. India is actually the diabetic capital of the world. Hypertension, there is so many other lifestyle diseases that are there every everywhere. So we, I mean, people are really suffering. I I totally believe that, and I think I think with uh, because we are recording in uh, December. Merry Christmas, twenty fifth of December today. Uh, this will be hopefully out sometime in January, mm-hmm. uh, but that will still be early uh, new year, early 2023. So my hope is that we can make this particular episode uh, recorded in a way that it helps people, you know, helps people deal with the, their goals in the, in the new year and also look after their health. And uh, I mean, the, there are so many misconceptions out there. So I don't think there's anybody better than you to, to, to break those myths and, uh, and yeah, it's going to be wonderful because I think this is just a start of something. I think you are somebody I can do multiple episodes with because we have so many things to discuss. There's nutrition is a, it's, right? Uh, so I want to discuss a lot of things today. To begin with, uh, let's talk about, because because he, uh, my idea is to make this episode uh, about health, right? Overall health. So let's begin with what's your Uh, idea of health what do you think uh, constitutes good health
0: right thank you Vipin, for the very very warm introduction and I'm flattered to know that you think that we can do a lot of episodes together because I love such interactions which are really beneficial for people while being fun at the same time so your first question about health I think it is very very relevant if you look at the WHO definition even they say that it is not merely the absence of disease It is also a state of well-being which is at the level of physical health, mental health and social health. So it encompasses all these parameters. So for me, a healthy person is a person who is able to pursue his goals and also discharge his responsibilities in a way that his state of physical and mental being is aiding all of those things instead of being a deterrent. For instance, that if I, one day I wake up and I say that, okay, I feel like running today. So my physical health and mental health, my states of physicality and my psychological states should be supportive of this goal. These should not be a deterrent that I could run only if my knee would support me, only if I just had a little bit of more energy. So it is not just about, you know, not being sick. It is about being fit enough to pursue whatever it is, a personal goal, a professional goal, a social goal.
1: Yeah, I think that's beautifully put. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do you think stops people from, from being healthy? Is there a first of all misconception? What do, what do people perceive? And where, where do people go wrong in their pursuit of health?
0: So I think people give a lot of importance to aesthetics when they talk about fitness. Yeah. When they see a person who is well built, is very muscular or a very lean woman, then they feel that they are in good state of health, which may or may not be true. Like this is not a parameter. Aesthetics yeah. are not the parameter. Yeah, so this is where people go wrong. And the other one... Other thing is actually, uh, what do I say? It is to look at food by fragmenting it in like macros and micros and carbohydrates and proteins and fats and micronutrients. This is not how you see it.
1: That's a new epidemic, isn't it? That's uh, that's been fed to people throughout the content that's out there on social media, everywhere. You're just made to think in macros. Yeah. Yeah. But tell me, uh, why why are both these approaches uh, wrong? So why shouldn't one... uh, and, and how should they fix their fixation on aesthetics only? Mm-hmm. How should they go about fixing that? Mm-hmm. And the second part of the question is about how do they fix their fixation on the macros and not mm-hmm. see food like macros, see yeah. food as food. How, yeah. how do they go about fixing it?
0: So actually, this is a very deep problem. Uh, the second one that I'm talking about, uh, fragmenting food into different components and then, you know, assigning a lot of importance to a particular component, ignoring the rest and having misconceptions. This is a very deep-rooted problem. And I think the root is... Commodification of food. Today food has become a commodity. In case let us say that I am somebody who is professing keto diet, and then I start a cafe. Then I have to feed this concept and fear into people's head that, you know, this is the certain kind of foods that are allowed. And these are the kinds of foods that are not allowed. These are demonized foods and these are angelic foods. So that is why it is a very deep problem. And that is why it needs efforts from the part of government and, you know, the entire advertisements and food industry and activists and people like me who are working as individuals in the field and who have extensively studied the subject. So I think it is a very, very deep-rooted problem. So all we have to work on all these levels for a real change to come. But as what we can do is boom-boom se sagar banta hai, so we can do our bit. So people like me, we just believe in educating people who associate with us. For instance, if somebody has come to me for lifestyle modifications, I'll not just give them a piece of paper and ask them to follow certain things about their diet and physical activity and sleep and stress management. I also always make it a point to educate them that if I am giving you a particular recommendation, mm-hmm. what is the scientific basis? Because once people really understand the science behind things they will be independent. This is
1: why I was so looking forward to this one because, <laughs>
0: because I want to know the science behind things and, mm-hmm. and
1: that's where that's where you know there's, there's nobody better than you. Mm-hmm. So yeah uh, coming back to my question about aesthetics and uh, fixation of macros, uh, how do you suggest people go about fixing that uh, mindset?
0: Right. So again, it is a very, very deep rooted and multi-level problem, which cannot be solved at individual levels, but we have to again make our contribution. So the most important thing here for professionals like me is to tell people that if they are feeling healthy, what is the definition of health again? If there is somebody who comes to me and the person believes that they need to lose weight, but they sleep well at night, they have wonderful happy flourishing relationships if these are the kind of people who do not experience acidity bloating chronic constipation if these are the people who have excellent memory if these are the kind of people who look forward to their day you know that today I wake up and it's a new day and this is what I want to do and ta 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 if these are the kind of people they don't really need to lose weight in my opinion I just I just sometimes tell people so when people come to me mm. I ask them that, okay, you want to lose weight. That is a valid concern. I do not invalidate that. Mm -hmm. But then I take their health history and I try to understand, do they really have any health issues? And then I have this discussion with them that, okay, if you enroll for a plan with me, it is going to benefit me. But I really want to ask you that, who told you that you need to lose weight? If you're so fit, if you're so healthy, if you're so happy, and everything around you and about you is good. So, you know, this is the kind of attitude that we need to have. That we have to respect all body types. We have to respect all body sizes as long as people feel healthy under their own skin.
1: That's very interesting. So, I mean, there's a there's another deep subject in there mm-hmm. which we'll come to in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but I want to ask you, so that's, it's an interesting point of view that you mentioned that mm-hmm. it is, so you're saying it is possible to be, it is possible to have extra body fat, quite mm-hmm. a bit of extra body fat mm-hmm. and yet be healthy.
0: I'll not say over quite Overfat? No, no, that a, is a problem. Yeah. is a problem. See, that is definitely a problem. But no. if we test somebody's lipid profile, the lipid profile is fine. Mm-hmm. The person is doing absolutely fine. So extra is a very vague term. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then we have to see how much extra. Yeah. Uh, you know, if yeah. you know, a threshold, how much is it? The standard threshold, who said that? Which academy? Right. Yeah. Is it a credible academy? Is this a number that is going to, to change after two years? Is that a number that was something else before two years? So extra is a very vague term. So obese, but,
1: let's say uh, 28 to 30%, I think mm-hmm. that probably comes uh, mm-hmm. in the category of obese, 30, mm-hmm. 35% yeah. body fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but if somebody's 20, so mm-hmm. you're saying all of this is... Uh,
0: so if a person has a lot of extra fat, so to speak, in layperson terms, then he's bound to have some... Uh, then it is bound to have some ramifications on his, on his state of physical and mental health. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like this is bound to happen. If you are somebody who is very obese, mm-hmm. then there are going to be health problems. A person who is very obese generally will experience shortness of breath, so is it will generally to find? experience uh, acidity, bloating and constipation, will generally experience a lot of body pains and aches. So it is difficult that you are a diseased person, so to speak, and still you feel absolutely fantastic. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. And you're saying that's a rare rare person to find. Yeah, something.
0: that's a rare person. Yeah. We always have outliers, yeah. but we talk about the standard yeah. things. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. And uh, and what so if if not I mean aesthetics is a huge thing no matter yeah. how much we we say that it shouldn't yeah. be the only thing. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's what we're saying, right? Here. Yeah. You're saying it's, yeah. it should not be the only mm-hmm. uh, thing driving your uh, driving your mm-hmm. efforts to mm-hmm. get healthier yeah. and i i think this is a massive massive point because people mm-hmm. i think the entire industry is actually just fixated on on aesthetics yeah. how does one look and this is why mm-hmm. people approach the whole weight loss journey or mm-hmm. this the people get into this uh this this uh, getting healthier pursuit yeah In the wrong way because they start out by hating themselves, hating their bodies and if you're hating yourself, you've got a certain recommendation, Hmm. you follow that for a couple of days, you see no change because change doesn't happen overnight. So let me
0: tell you that why I'm not in favor of giving a lot of importance to aesthetics. First of all, I will validate that yes, aesthetic concerns are absolutely valid and normal to have. It is not that I'm ridiculing them, it is absolutely fine. But that pursuit sometimes gets maddening for people. So I will tell you something about a few eating disorders. So I'll talk about three very, very common eating disorders. One is anorexia nervosa. What really happens is that when people look at themselves, these are the people who have generally been criticized a lot for their body type and everything. They've had some experiences because of which whenever they look at themselves in the mirror, they see a very distorted version of themselves. Let us say that there is a very normal weight individual. He will just see himself as obese. They feel that I need to lose weight and they stop eating. They stop eating and women, they get very, very fragile, prone to fractures. They will lose all their hair. Their skin will become wrinkled. They will develop PCOD, hormonal imbalance. They will faint. But still, all of this they will tolerate, you know, if it makes them look slim. So this is my problem. I'm not saying that it is bad to have an aesthetic concern. At the end of the day, when I delivered my child and I put on a lot of weight, I wasn't feeling my healthy, healthier self and it was a concern for me also. But then it has to be, you have to control your decisions about losing weight or getting healthier. Those decisions or obsessions or results shouldn't control your behavior. It has to be the other way around. So similarly, there is an eating disorder which is called as bulimia nervosa. People eat... And then they feel guilty about eating. They cannot control their impulse. They tend to eat a lot. After they've eaten, they will deliberately purge. They will use certain kind of chemicals that will make them, you know, just vomit everything out that they've had. It is forced vomiting. Sometimes they've used their fingers and create that vomiting reflex. Sometimes purgative agents, laxative agents, like so many things they use. And it ultimately... Disrupt their nutrient intake and otherwise also it is a catastrophic habit. Then there are some people who have a binge eating disorder. This was very beautifully shown in that movie. Have you seen Dil Dhadakne Do by any chance? No. Okay, so there is a very interesting character. She's Anil Kapoor's wife. So Anil Kapoor is somebody who is very fixated with his looks and he wants to look good all the time. He's a 60-something and wants to look like a 20-something. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure on his wife who is not very fit and aesthetically acceptable to him as a husband so he's constantly commenting on her body weight so she feels very very bad and in order to feel good about herself she eats more and more chocolate cake in a particular scene and then she's crying about eating that chocolate cake and it's a cycle so this is a binge, uh, this is binge eating disorder so when you are dissatisfied with your body image and when you fixate too much on the aesthetics then these kind of things are likely to happen so be concerned about your aesthetics Work uh, work upon them in a very constructive way But, you know, making this the center of your life and making this your goal and having distortions about yourself and feeling so low is something that needs to stop and for which all of us are responsible. So that is why we need to make casual comments on people. Like I'll tell you. When I delivered my child, I stay in a nuclear family. I'm a working professional. There is nobody to help me. So at that time, I had myself gained a lot of weight because I could barely exercise and I was eating really well so that I couldn't feed my child. So whenever people would come to me, they would not ask me, how you are? How is the baby? Are you getting enough rest? Can we help you? Are you to so this profession? At some point, even I felt very pressurized that, you know, I need to just get rid of this weight and people are saying all this and just look at myself, how I used to look pre-pregnancy and how do I look now. So then I told myself, na, do hoti, ek rational wala, ek irrational wala. Then my rational told my irrational demark, agar tunehi cave in kar diya, then what are you going to tell people? And if you don't have conviction in your own words, nobody is going to believe you and it will not have the same impact. So, like I'm going to own how I look and I will be very confident, irrespective. And then I'm going to be a fitter person. The byproduct will be shedding a few inches. I'm going to be a fitter person in due course of time. I'll take it slow and steady and I will not let it affect my mental health or my schedule or my responsibilities or my happiness above all. So these are the kind of things that we need to say to people around us. We need to make them feel comfortable.
1: That is incredible Meera. I'm I mean I'm so glad you're sharing this. It is and I'm also surprised to to hear that you also went through the same. I did. Uh, because because people I mean people from the outside would generally believe that uh, those who are Preaching something have already hmm. got it dialed in, but but like I think James Clear, uh, who's written the book uh, Atomic Habits, yeah. he said we write books for uh, ourselves, so hmm. we, we write the books that we couldn't find on the shelves, yeah. So he he also says he struggles with his habits, and hmm. and that's why he because he worked on it so much he could yeah. writing learn books is about a
0: cathartic it. process, it is. so it gives you a vent.
1: Absolutely.
0: If you sit same how will you have force to Wonderful.
1: So. Uh, in the entire health scene, uh, as we we all know, most of the queries that you will also be getting will probably be around weight loss, right? Because that's a hmm. subject that everyone's obsessed about. Yeah. Everybody needs yeah. to lose weight, even if they don't need to lose weight. Yeah. So uh, let us discuss uh, weight loss 101, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how should one go about it? And, and, and first of all, like you said, mm. our perceptions of ourselves can be so distorted, right? Mm. Mirror can be lying to us, right? Mm. what we see in the mirror, we could just perceive it in in a completely different light, which which, which may be be farthest from the truth, right? So how should one uh, establish whether they need to lose weight or not? And Mm -hmm. if they do, uh, how should they go about it?
0: Yeah, this is an excellent question. So there are certain parameters that we call as metabolic parameters. And there are certain parameters that we call as fitness parameters. So if we club the two, I'll just share a very crude list of a few parameters just keep you have to assess yourself and then you will automatically get the answer number one is how are you sleeping how well are you sleeping how deep is your sleep how many times are you waking up at night this is one question that you need to ask yourself the second one is that how how well is your gastrointestinal system cooperating with you do you often experience belching bloating acidity constipation stomach aches And in layperson terms, that feeling of heaviness in the stomach, how often do you experience that? Number three, how good are your hunger cues? Do you not feel hungry at all or do you feel hungry throughout the day? Right. So how well are your hunger cues working? Number four, how much forward are you looking to things? Like, do you look forward to a day? Are you really making decisions about your day or you are you just dragging that this is what the day demands from me? My day demands that I have to indulge in childcare, so I have to do it somehow. My day requires me to report to work. I'm doing it somehow. Is this your state or do you decide, oh, hey, I want to spend time with my child and I want to go to work and I also want to just manage a quick run? So you have to ask yourself this. The next thing is that when you do your activities of daily living, how comfortable do you feel? Do you feel that you're struggling? Do you feel you're comfortable? So these are some of the things. How often do you get headaches? How often do you feel that you are experiencing palpitations? How often do you feel that you are experiencing low moods that are persistent How angry do you get on smallest of these stimuli? So these are some of the questions that you need to ask yourself.
1: Wow. I mean, nobody really thinks about all these things to be associated with nutrition. They might think that's a separate problem. Like my wife has migraine Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And I do tell her that even if there's no cure for migration in nutrition, I'm pretty sure there are foods that will make it better and foods that will make it worse. Because
0: it is about lifestyle modification. See, I'll tell you something. When somebody is suffering from hypothyroidism, they will automatically have symptoms of depression. When your thyroid thyroid gland is not doing its activity as per the optimum levels, then you are bound to experience depressive symptoms. Similarly, when you have PCOD, it is also associated with depressive symptoms. When you have hyperthyroidism, then you have palpitations and you feel anxious and edgy. When you have a vitamin D deficiency, again, you tend to feel low. When you have a zinc deficiency, you tend to feel low. So these things are interconnected. Yeah, These things are absolutely interconnected. I'll tell you something very interesting in the same lines. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I started working Mm -hmm. and I was doing lifestyle modifications, I got excellent results with 90% of the people. Mm -hmm. But there were 10% people who were not responding that well. I would, you know, sit down with them. So whenever I sit with people, I do not impose anything. And there is no one-size-fits-all plan that I send to them and forward it to all, thyroid, forward it to all. So I sit down with people, I explain them about the disease, and then I pitch in a few recommendations. And people have the choice and the flexibility to refute that this is something that I don't like. This is something which is not feasible. So you give me an alternative. So this is how I work, where everybody has the scope to express themselves because I'm very pro-expression and choices. So then this is how we curate a plan. So I could see that this model was working for for 90% of the people, but it was not working for 10% people. We would sit together. I would take their consent, but when they would go back home, they would not be able to follow my recommendations. Then, you know, after a lot of introspection and experience, I realized that I needed to make reference to a mental health professional, a psychologist. Because these people had underlying psychological issues and very unhelpful thinking patterns because of which they could not, they did not have the motivation for anything.
1: Like what, do you want to elaborate a little bit on what yes. kind of um, yes. mental health patterns?
0: So I'll tell you that there are some people, if somebody is depressed, so uh, you remember that thing, we used to read this poem in our Hindi books, some CBSC poem, in the curriculum, there was a poem that if there is a rat that is depressed and you put it in boiling water, then it would not even try to save itself. While if there is a rat, if you put in, it in boiling water, the, the if the rat is not depressed, it would try to save itself. So when people are going through a very depressive phase, they do not even want to help themselves. So you sit with them, Some uh, you, you have a supportive demeanor and you understand them, you talk to them, they will momentarily feel well. Okay, then they will be motivated, I'll do something. Then they go on with the same life. Same thinking patterns. I will not even say same circumstances because a person can be in extremely harsh circumstances if he has a positive, uh, I'll not say positivity. I just hate that word, to be very honest. Helpful thinking patterns that help you look at situations in a helpful way and also to deal with them in a problem solving kind of a manner so the people would get into the same patterns same challenges same outlook and then they would not be able to do anything for themselves they barely want to get off the well and start their day so how would you expect them to follow a schedule right so when i started making referrals to mental health professionals and when i had their support then i was like wow mystery solved. i have that missing piece of the puzzle now and everything makes sense yeah
1: that's amazing So this is
0: how interconnected everything is yeah so if you feel that you're doing very well on all these parameters you run your basic blood tests and all and then you know you are somebody who is fit healthy blood tests say that your doctors say that and even your own health which is the biggest parameter it says that your own subjective interpretation of how you feel if everything is fine then I say that okay you've come to me for aesthetic reasons let us approach it like that if the case is Otherwise, if a person has hypothyroidism, if a person has PCOD, if a person has diabetes, then their recommendations are very, very specific. They have to follow them and weight loss or weight gain will be a byproduct. You will reach your optimum health and as a consequence, you will reach your optimum weight.
1: That's great. So we'll we'll talk about the optimum health and optimum weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just to go back to the, this question quickly, mm-hmm. I think this is an extremely important point about uh, mental health being connected with mm-hmm. with nutrition. Mm-hmm. So how would you say uh, somebody should go about figuring out whether they need help from a nutrition professional right. or a mental health professional? Because uh, what happens is, it's if your nutrition is bad. Let's say if you your relationship with food is uh, is, is not mm-hmm. right, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, right, and you're skipping meals mm-hmm. and whatever, and you're going hungry all the time, mm-hmm. then it, that could easily be related to your low moods, and that might easily Absolutely. be confused with depression, mm-hmm. and you might start to feel that you're mm-hmm. depressed and you need a mental health professional. Exactly. Uh, so should you first go to a nutrition coach <laughs> and then uh, then uh, uh, take their
0: recommendation? if you have that you need help, then take help. Mm. You feel that, okay, my mental health is low and I need help. So if you go and you start feeling in two sessions and your mental health professional tells you that, okay, you're fine. I think it was, it is not something that needs very elaborate sessions. So I think you're good. Then, okay, what did you end up losing? You just went there twice and now you have more confidence and you feel more sorted. Right? So even if you feel that you need help and you're not sure, then you don't really need to be very sure. Just go.
1: No, absolutely.
0: And you have to start Seek, somewhere.
1: Yeah, and seeking help, somewhere. I think, is the is the, is the answer. Even yeah. therapy can can probably lead you to the. Let's say if you're if it is your nutrition that needs help, maybe therapy could lead you there.
0: Absolutely. Talk to a therapist. Yeah. And so this, say, is, this is how I collaborate with mental health professionals. Yeah. And like there are no vested interests. When I send people also to a couple of mental health professionals, I give them this this disclaimer that there is nothing in this for me. Like I'm doing this because you need this and you need, need to hear this and this is I feel obliged to you know be that committed to people who trust me with their health yeah
1: Yeah. okay that's wonderful so so we know how one should go about evaluating whether they need to lose weight or not and once we figured out let's say we do need to lose weight yeah
0: uh,
1: how do we go about doing it
0: right so first of all do not do things that you don't see yourself doing for the next 10 years this is what i say
1: this 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 belief of yours which i heard i think four five years ago yeah used to make no sense to me at that time and <laughs> I, now i think this is this is uh, the holy grail i think this is it one should only look to do things that you can do forever forever it's yeah so
0: yeah. true. please continue kyunki yeah. short term reverse कर, instant करें.
1: gratification चाहिए, चाहिए, hmm. hmm. so that's, the, that's where we struck even if you do lose it and in fact my friend was here hmm. uh, you, we all saw him right uh, hmm. he was here hmm. during the pandemic he had nothing to do. Hmm. He lifted a lot of weights. He stopped eating. Hmm. He just ate kheere paneer. That's all. My God. And he lifted a lot of weight. At, hmm. uh, he had he had dumbbells at home. Hmm. So he lifted weights. Hmm. He lost about 15 kilos mm-hmm. in those three, four months. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Pandemic went away. He was 85 kilos when he started. He came down to 69. I think hmm. 15, 16 kilos or something hmm. he lost. Hmm. And now he's back to 88. My God. Closer to 90
0: is called
1: so, yo-yo effect it, so yo-yo effect but what uh-huh. i f- failed to uh, make uh, failed to explain to people and this is where you can help me is it isn't him who has gained all this weight back it's his body that has revolted against the changes that he had uh, thrusted upon the body ki ye yeah. karna padega, willpower se and body has its own mechanisms so please talk about the the hormonal absolutely. changes that happen when you do these sudden changes and then how does body rebound
0: absolutely so this is the time to go a little technical, yeah. but I'll try to keep it as uh, simple and easily understandable as possible. So abhi mechanism ke baat karte, ho gaya, So this is a very interesting case that I share with people without disclosing the name of the person. So I also have very beautiful pictures of that. I took the consent from the person and we just laugh about it. The person himself also and I, like on the situation, not on him. Yeah. So this person, he came to me and it was the time uh, when he was... It was one year that he had gotten married. Mm-hmm. And he came to me in a state where his fat percentage was really high and body dissatisfaction, image dissatisfaction was really high. How high?
1: Just for me to get a picture this.
0: I, I'll not give you numbers. Okay, take it. Yeah. Sure. So this person walks in and he says that I've come to you after I've been to a lot of people. I said, okay. So he's also Punjabi like me, loves to talk. Mm-hmm. So he said that, okay, I want to tell you a little story. Can I tell you a story? I, mean, I, I love stories. Beto, beto, batao. तो yeah. so he told me शादी होने थी ना तो मेरी जो बड़ी सुंदर मैं तो that I need to lose weight तो फिर उसके मैंने ऐसा I was just having soups and salads soups and salads because I आर्टिकल था कि अगर ऐसे करोगे तो weight lose then he showed me his picture on the day of his roka. Okay. Roka, what was the weight? Jo hai, wo thoda zyada tha, but it was very bad. Roka, I photo ki, this is how I used to look. And I didn't show you the soup salads. Lene shuru kar the. Then, Shadi, ke day tak bhi I continued. Then he showed me, see, this is my wedding pic. Can you recognize? Yeah, this is the same person, Roka wala and Shadi. Wala. I'm like, okay. So you looked very, very thin, very, very lean. Okay, then, this is me. I'm standing right in front of you. So, this is my story, and this is the story of a lot of people, you know just give me the details just fill in the details what all happened so he said ki, roka ke thode din se. I was just having soups and salads soups and salads between my Roka and my shadi also I was just having soups and salads and I started feeling extremely irritable I was losing my hair my skin got wrinkled and I started feeling very weak and I would just shout at my parents for no reason and I was very very unpleasant for my fiance as well. But I really wanted to look thin on the day of my wedding. So I got all those pictures. And once the wedding was done, I to then I started eating butter chicken and paneer butter masala every day because I had, you know, starved myself to such a degree emotionally. And you know, this is an emotional starvation also. Ki I ate eight ate, 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 and you know, it's been one year to my wedding, and here I am standing in front of you. So this is my story, and this is the story of a lot of people. So, he said, why did this happen? So, to obvious. When you deprive yourself for anything, for a very, 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 very long time, then you are bound to feel a decline in your happy hormones. Like, I will not go into the details of what those hormones are and what they do. But ultimately, you start feeling very, very grumpy. Another episode for that. Yeah. You start feeling very, very grumpy. Yeah. And then, in order to make up for that deficit, you end up eating much more than you would naturally normally eat you know in the course of your life regular life one thing is this the second one is that when you are restricting your calories to a great degree when you are not even taking care of your protein intake when you are severely calorie deprived then two things happen you end up losing a lot of your muscle and number two your bmr basal metabolic rate it falls down so Ultimately, you look very thin and frail, but you don't look fit because you've lost your muscle and your BMR has also gone down. So when you start eating even the regular way, then what really happens is you have no muscle mass, your BMR has gotten down. Then your metabolism is so slow at that time that you end up gaining lots and lots and lots of weight. So whatever you had lost, you would end up regaining a lot more. I'll tell you why the BMR goes down and why eating very less is also a recipe for disaster in terms of your weight loss efforts. So your body requires a certain number of calories to survive. Even when we are lying down, we are resting, we are spending a lot of calories doing really important things. You are breathing, your body temperature is maintained, even if you are in a very cold space, even if you're in a very hot space, provided you are not diseased. You are not suffering from any disease, not disease. So in that case, you end up maintaining your body temperature. That is a process that involves a lot of energy expenditure. Even while you're sleeping, your blood is circulating, your nutrients are being absorbed, they are being assimilated. All these things are going on. Your heart is beating, right? So all these things also require calories. So what happens is that when you severely restrict your calorie intake, your body gets the message, boss so in that case, whatever you will eat, your body is very, very frugal and it is very prudent. It would try to save all of that as the energy currency of the body, which is fat. So then you try losing weight, it will become very difficult. So that is why you do not have to restrict your calories because what really used to happen was now we do not eat because we have the luxury of not wanting to eat because we want to lose weight. Imagine the situations where we were hunters and gatherers. There would be famines. There would be forest fires. And if you would not eat in a really long time, the body would get a signal, it is a threat to my survival. So whenever I find food next, I should just store it as fat. So this is the reason when you undergo you know, a period of prolonged starvation when you're depriving your body of certain basic number of calories, then you end up lowering your BMR because your body is trying its best to save all the calories that you're consuming from food because it is the right approach for the body.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I think uh, this is a good segue into mm-hmm. one of the fat diets thing. Yeah. And, and I don't know whether intermittent fasting is a fat diet mm-hmm. thing or not. It's a fad mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. But you'll tell me what your opinions are on mm-hmm. this. Um, what I want to know is when... So, you mentioned hunter gatherers, right?
0: Yeah.
1: When we were hunter gatherers, we would hmm. go without food for a very long time. Yeah. And then, so famine, feast, famine, feast, right? When we to we we So, people uh, give this logic for hmm. intermittent fasting hmm. that, and, 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 and I also want to talk to you about autophagy. Mm-hmm. Uh, please mm-hmm. tell the audience what, what that Beautiful. is mm-hmm. and how long does it take? Because there's a lot of mixed opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Some people say autophagy, you experience benefits only in a very prolonged fast for mm-hmm. many days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people say you get this in 24 hours fast also. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. what, what the mm-hmm. reality is, you'll tell me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talk about uh, hunter-gatherers mm-hmm. and how that translates into intermittent fasting mm-hmm. or or is it the same thing, or is it not?
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so I'll ask you a few questions in return, and this is how we will explore the answers. Sure. Number one, do you know what is cherry picking in science? Yeah. What is cherry picking?
1: So you, um, so basically, you 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 uh, look at some studies mm-hmm. which have been done in certain contexts, uh, sponsored by somebody mm-hmm. with with a certain mm-hmm. agenda, yeah. and you would, for example, you want to prove a point already, mm-hmm. so you would, uh, what you would do is you'd uh, uh, change certain aspects of the study. Mm-hmm. To uh, get the desired outcome. Yeah. So let's say if I'm saying th- this particular diet is good for you. Mm-hmm and you do a study for two weeks. Hmm. Two weeks mein do changes, changes in The study study hmm. hmm. Right? Ya ye, uh, humans pe experiment I So mean. I don't know. Uh, I mean, th- th- these are the ways in which studies can be manipulated.
0: Correct. In the life. So, yeah. so. <laughs> 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 there is a evidence ha. that there are mixed evidences hmm. about a particular thing that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So let us say that I personally feel that uh, intermittent fasting is something that shouldn't be done. Then I go on PubMed, which is the search engine where you will find all the credible articles then i type the keywords intermittent fasting dangers intermittent fasting harms then i will end up coming up across articles that support my notion yeah. if i'm somebody who wants to make a case for intermittent fasting then i can you know type keywords and you know i'll get all those articles then i can say that okay i'm giving you like a thousand zillion references and intermittent fasting does work so there's a lot of cherry picking that is happening these days no. No, this this is where
1: it is. It gets very. I mean, somebody like you can interpret yeah. it, uh, studies and yeah. researches exactly. on PubMed much better. But if a layman goes yeah. and types something, yeah. they'll get evidences for both, and will yeah. not so know so that what is why do. I
0: say it is not the age of information. This is the age of misinformation. Misinformation. Yeah, because we all think that we are qualified to just make those conclusions. Yeah. So this is this is what happens. Yeah. So yeah, to answer that, I will tell you that if you look at something which has passed the test of time then that thing has no controversy or no, what do I say, yeah. So there is no confusion around that. For instance, if you know that if you traditionally eat figs, if you take good and chana, if you take dates, if you take beetroot, if you take anar, then there is going to be a surge in your hemoglobin level. Then this is something that people have been doing for the longest time and they know that this works. Whereas the evidence, we have a lot of experiential evidence, we have a lot of time-tested evidence, Uh, evidence these are the things that work like we cannot really question that can somebody come and say that in case you do all these dietary interventions if you do all these dietary inclusions then your hemoglobin is not going to increase no we cannot challenge that so that is something which has passed the test of time so i say that whenever something new is introduced whenever something new becomes a sensation we have to give it a few years and see if this is working for us or not, because if we talk metabolically also, we are very different from our hunter-gatherer ancestors. Was there anything called as processed food there? Definitely not. It wasn't. Was there anything that involved sitting in front of a computer system for extended hours?
1: No. So lifestyles were definitely very different. Yeah. The, so that is, a is why. That
0: is why, if we say that you know hunting and gathering lifestyle work, then it is supposed to work now. Then we are placing very uh, things which are very very eons apart together yeah. and yeah. we are saying it worked then it should work now yeah. so when i talk about traditional food wisdom then i am talking about uh, you know things when we have to, where we have to go back in time for let's say a decade or two decades or 10 decades yeah
1: yeah, yeah. so uh, with, with reference to intermittent fasting let's close yeah. that close yeah. that loop yeah. uh, you'd say it's the lifestyles are very different yeah. but let's say somebody eats natural foods now yeah. and moves around a Mm-hmm. a lot more than, than the regular people do with, in front of computers. Yeah. Intermittent fasting would work for them, is what So, you're
0: uh, talking about so, intermittent so fasting… Is, yeah. So, your,
1: your view, what's your view on this? Is it that it, it works for certain kind of people who can have mm-hmm. a certain lifestyle? Mm-hmm.
0: or? So, i you, Intermittent fasting was the lifestyle naturally when we fancy term. the sun when the sun would set, they would sleep. Mm-hmm. Are we sleeping then?
1: Not. but, but uh, circadian rhythm uh, mein aap baat This is exactly
0: what I am talking about. Uh, that if you stay aligned with how the sun is setting and you sleep, you wake up as the sun is rising, then intermittent fasting is something that will work for you. But if you are somebody who has eaten his last meal, let's say at 8, and then you stay up till 3, then what is going to happen? Let me tell you the scientific mechanism. You know, our gut is in acidic environment, hai, pH of around 2. So why because there is this huge thick lining of mucosa that lines your stomach ka membranes. So the acid is there, but still you do not get that feeling that your stomach ka wall is being corroded. Because that mucous membrane, it protects you. What happens is that when you eat at regular intervals, then your stomach acids will have some substrate. They will have the food to act upon. Okay, so that is why that they have to attack the gut mucosa. But when you have your last meal at 8 and then you are awake till 3, then you are constantly working. You are spending much more calories as compared to a situation where you are sleeping. Agreed? So in that case, your stomach would anticipate that there has to be food and continuously the acid will be produced. It needs something to act upon. Hmm. Okay.
1: And तो चाहिए नहीं
0: मिलेगा तो उसके बाद जो आपका पूरा वो म्यूकोसा है उसको वो खराब करना शुरू कर देगा म्यूकोसा गट लाइनिंग या ऐसे समझ लो कि इट्स अ इट्स अ स्टिकी फ्लूइडी सॉफ्ट फ्लफी काइंड ऑफ अ थिंग व्हिच इज प्रोटेक्टिंग योर गट उसके अंदर एक बिल्कुल बैंड जैसा लगा ऐसे समझ ठीक है तो जब उसको कुछ नहीं मिलेगा जो कुछ नहीं and there might be exceptions. See, I never talk about exceptions. Exceptions to kuch bhi hote but we have to talk about statistically significant population whenever sure. we talk about a conclusion. So, if you talk to, if you look at people statistically who have undertaken intermittent fasting, you know what is their chief complaint? It is acidity. So there are many people who come to me and they have tried intermittent fasting. They've tried keto. And ultimately, they say that when once they weaned off these diets because they were not very sustainable, they developed severe gerd gastro, uh, gastrointestinal reflex disease, okay. gastroesophageal reflex disease. Yeah. So many people, they report that. So the whole system is So do if we consume short and frequent meals throughout the day, if we ensure that we are in a good state of, uh, good psychological states. Because, you know, we karte about physical health, mental health. These are not two separate entities. Try staying in stress for a very, very long time. You neck and shoulder pain. Yeah, we bolte the system. It has a direct correlation with stress. Try being under chronic stress for a really long period of time. You will develop headaches. You will develop insomnia you will not be able to digest food so these are the kind of things which are all interrelated hmm. so if you subject your body to any kind of stress then it is bound to react in ways which are unpleasant so i always tell people that do things that you see yourself doing for the next 10 years and let them be sustainable for instance if you wake up in the morning within half an hour or one hour of, wake- of waking up you have some dry fruits you have a fruit then after one and a half hour, you have a wholesome breakfast. Hmm? And everybody has that basic baseline knowledge that diversity. People are so fixated on protein carbohydrates. I simply tell them that if you are having a diverse meal, that means ki you are exposing yourself and you are taking in a lot of nutrients, right? So you can lagounce it. Diversity breakfast. Then if you are snacking on something that you know is healthy, then you are having a wholesome lunch you're physically active, you're exercising, you have a good social life, you have good stress-busting coping mechanisms and everything, then you will be at your optimum weight. And, you know, sometimes these things look very fancy, but then you have to come to my clinic someday, you have to talk to people who've worked with me, and they just tell me that we had come to reduce weight, but now we have a very different life, which is fulfilling, gratifying. Yeah. Yeah. So this is how we need to look at it. Because... Until and unless we try to look at it from that lens, you know, and we just keep fixating on the aesthetics, if we keep fixating on the weight, and then we take shortcuts, as you were saying that we are a generation, if I call myself a person from this generation, I'll take the liberty. So yes, it is a generation of instant gratification. But then they need to learn something from the older generations as well. And even if you want instant gratification, you will see results with long-term sustained lifestyle modifications also. And what is going to pleasantly surprise you is that, you know, these habits, they don't go away. I'll tell you which is the biggest addiction. The biggest addiction is health. I've experienced this with people who work with me. What does that mean? जब आपको ऐसा लगता है ना कि आपको जो सुबह के ग्रंपी लगता था मूड खराब होता था पेट में ऐसे ब्लोटेड सा लगता था इतनी देर वॉशरूम में बैठे रहते थे कुछ नहीं होता था फिर सरदर्द के साथ ऑफिस जाके चाय पीते थे फिर वहाँ लोगों पे चिल्लाते थे and you that I feel fresh. I went to the restroom. I exercised. I'm mm-hmm. feeling so light. Yeah. Addiction addiction. So, we have to lifestyle modifications long term. once you experience health, you would not want to experience a lack of it ever again. Yeah.
1: Man, this is a heavy podcast. I'm loving this. <laughs> so, uh these days we hear about diseases that that actually did not exist some time ago, mm-hmm. right? So we hear about uh, migraine and uh, hypertension and uh, BP issue, just everybody has that, right? There's uh, stuff like PCOD, is so prevalent now, almost every other woman that we yeah, know yeah. suffers from it. Mm-hmm. Um, these did not exist some time ago. Why are these diseases uh, cropping up now? And also, uh, another question that I want to ask you is... Uh, How do you deal with the, uh, you know, a profession like lifestyle modification uh, did not exist some time ago. People did not need to modify their lifestyles. Why are we all having to do that now?
0: Absolutely. It's a very valid question. So the first one that there are a couple of diseases that were unheard of, but now all of a sudden, why are they, why is everybody, practically everybody suffering from them? And why are we even needing to talk about them today? So the first thing, the first factor is underreporting. So, I'll not say that this is the most important factor or the most significant fa- factor in terms of its contribution, but I have to start somewhere. So, I'll talk about underreporting. Let us talk about postpartum depression. Ki women talk about postpartum depression, postpartum blues. Pehle baat karte thi. Kya hota tha. Talk to your mother, talk to your grandmother, talk to your aunts, talk to uh, your grandmother's friends, and they will all tell you what kind of a difficult time they had after their deliveries. Right? Mm-hmm. So, there is one thing which is underreporting. Logo, ke Even if they say that they are feeling very blue, would anybody entertain that? Nobody would entertain that. Okay. So, it's not Now, at least we have terms to describe what, what we are
1: feeling.
0: So, now we are more aware as a generation. So, this is age of misinformation. This is the technological advancement, का, globalization. का, uh, internet ke through news mil paane ka, kisi desh ke kone kya chal kar paate hai. We at least have the toolkit that one requires to be able to express himself in a comprehensive manner so that people can really understand, right? If a person is feeling low now and the person has been feeling low for a really long time, then he will possibly be able to understand that he needs to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist. In times when there was no such facility available and when people did not have uh, enough knowledge and resources then they would possibly keep feeling low all their life and then people would label them as somebody hai. Sare haste rahte, yehi hai, hai. Isko koi so underreporting, lack of awareness, lack of knowledge, lack of terminology and understanding to be able to convey what you have to do uh, what you have to convey in a comprehensive manner i think this is something that was lacking number two again lifestyles kya hamari, dadi nani ultra processed foods the? kya hum soch sakte the, ki jo corn hai usko nahi makki ko, but it is turned into some kind of chips and then they say it is fortified with this this and this and this is very healthy dude you've ripped it off everything that it had And now you've put salt, now you've added so many fats, you've added emulsifiers, coloring agents, preservatives, flavoring agents and some of the nutrients that you've thrown into that and then you say it is healthy. So there was no ultra-processed food then. There were no sedentary lifestyles. People were not that stressed. There were no electronic gadgets to interfere with, you know, how your uh, brain senses light. don't know gadgets do know natural light, sunlight, gadgets That is why people have such a such a messed up sleep cycle, right? So these are the kind of things that did not exist. So that is why these diseases also did not exist. PCOD. People come to me and they say, we read it over the internet, that PCOD is something which is not reversible. When people follow things, as I tell them, verbatim. In case of 98% people, they are able to, you know, be free, be in a state where they are free of PCOD. How? Because they only modify their lifestyle. If they are not consuming processed food, if they are sleeping on time, if there is enough protein in their diet about which I do not fixate and I I have never suggested anybody anything in grams and milligrams, whatever. Right. So if we make sure that there is diversity in their meals, they are eating as per the season. Seasonal food is necessary if you have eaten such a fruit, which is an exotic fruit wo kahin aur laga ek to aapke micro environment ke hisab se wo hai nahi hai na kyunki jo bhi food just micro environment mein grow karta correspond karta hai nutritional needs Our ecosystem bana hi is tarah se hai ki things that things do not exist in isolation they are all interconnected so you take a fruit which belongs to some other microclimate. Then you get that food here. The food stays in the cold storage for a really long time. When you are transporting it, you do not know how clean the transportation facility is. Maybe it harbors a few bacteria and fungi and all of these things. Sometimes those contaminations and infections are very visible. Sometimes they are invisible, right? You are eating them in a state where it not flourished to a point where you would see it. But it is pretty much there. Then you eat that fruit. Okay, here it stays in the refrigerator for a really long time. Then you end up eating it. How nutritious do you think think that is? So that is why it is very important to eat in accordance with your food culture. It is important to procure food from local resources because if it has been just plugged from the dali and it is there on your plate, it is going to be the most nutritious thing. Yeah. So that is why these things were not happening. Nobody had those apps where you could just quickly get food. So this is the reason these conditions did not exist. There was no globalization. There was no commodification of food. People were eating as per well their cultural traditions. People were eating local, seasonal, and uh, people were being physically very active because there were not so many gadgets to support everyday living. Like if there is a woman who is a homemaker, then she will wash the clothes and dishes with her own hands. There will be no washing machines and dishwashers. So when the life was not same, the diseases were not same. Yeah, yeah, and underreporting, yes, indeed
1: incredible with i think we have hit upon something really important here so you said pcod yeah you're saying categorically that yeah. it is reversible absolutely okay what other lifestyle diseases are revers- reversible is diabetes reversible
0: absolutely
1: so wow. this is one
0: disease where we see the results most dramatically Dramatically and real fast. Okay. So and da- when I say reversible, pe hai. Of course. Iske ek rider ye that you have to stay compliant with your new lifestyle. Which is not as rigid as people tend to think. Yeah. Yeah
1: and also uh, you might want to touch upon and although this this may be out of your uh, area of ex- expertise we may be getting another guest recommended by you uh, on the podcast to talk about this but but would you want to touch upon neural patterns a little bit so when when let's say uh, somebody with diabetes came to you hmm. you prescribed them a certain lifestyle mm-hmm. which is just a set of changes that they need to make right in hmm. the in the way they are living hmm. uh, but what's the problem with uh, making changes usually people fall back onto their own habits. Hmm. Which is why, you know, the weight loss cases that we talked about earlier. Hmm. Body revolts back. Your leptin and ghrelin yeah. are revolting. Hmm. But your neural patterns are also at work, forcing you to go back to the old yeah. ways. Like yeah. uh, yeah. wa- hmm. you so how do you uh, so, so talk talk about uh, the hormonal hmm. uh, changes that happen in the body when when you do a drastic uh, hmm. b- diet change, hmm. and uh, when you when you try to b- bring about a habit change, how do the neural patterns take you back to the uh, right. Old old ways and how do you fix that?
0: Right. So you're absolutely right. In detail, me to talk about the mental health professional that who is going to come here and speak with you. But I will answer a few aspects of this, which are well within my scope of practice. So you're saying that yeah, our uh, neuronal uh, pathways and our hormones, they all try to bring us back to where we had started, and there is a certain what do I say, a baseline where everybody tends to come. You talked about leptin. So this is what happens, that our adipose tissues are fat cells and the tissues that comprise our fat cells. These secrete a hormone that is called as leptin that gives the signal to your hypothalamus, which is a part of your brain that regulates your hunger and tells that, okay, there are enough fat reserves and you need to stop now. You need to stop the production of leptin. So this is called as a negative feedback loop. Leptin nikla, usne hypothalamus ko bola, there is enough fat reserve. Or khana nahi khana, तो अब बंद कर देते हैं, ठीक है, तो अब क्या होता है कि whenever people tend to lose their fat, अगर आपने let's say x percentage अपना fat जो है lose किया, तो उसके कई गुना x में आपका जो leptin का level है वो fall कर जाएगा, so wo that, there is enough fat and you need to stop eating. So people who fast for a really long time or who end up losing their weight in a very, very drastic fashion where they severely restrict their calories and they experience a very, very drastic reduction in their fat percentage. The leptin level becomes so low that one day you will start eating and you will start eating like there is no tomorrow. Yeah. So it becomes dysfunctional, kind of it becomes dysfunctional. It becomes dysfunctional pathways है, And हैं as we say, early childhood years, these are very, very important, because this time, brain has a lot of new synaptic connections, and this is the age where your brains are very, very plastic. So, this time, the patterns it's adulthood. I, I read a very beautiful quote somewhere, it was some Facebook quote, that it is very difficult to, it is easier to shape a young mind, than to fix a developed one. So that is why we lose that synaptic and neuronal plasticity as we grow up. So that is why these become very fixed. These patterns become very, very fixed. And that is why on that note, it is really important to inculcate good eating habits and other habits in your kids at this stage. You may come across as a mom who is very authoritative, disciplinarian, uncool. But like this is the age where you have to set everything. Because right now there is a lot of plasticity. These patterns are going to develop. And I'll tell you another thing. Jab aisa your child has childhood obesity. se hai. If the person makes a lot of effort even later, you will see that he doesn't get to become very fit unless the person gets a surgery. Because you can reduce the amount of fat that is stored in each and every fat cell, adipocyte, but you cannot restrict the number of cells. Once those cell proliferations have happened, they are there with you for the rest of your life. Mm. That means that your fat cells can shrink in size, but they cannot reduce in number once they've. Unless you formed. have a surgery. Unless you have a surgery. Yeah. So that is why these things are very, very important. They get fixed. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Awesome. So now that you touched upon the fact now, this is of personal interest to me and a lot of people I know. Uh, in fact, my sister just became a mother mm-hmm. uh, 15 days ago. And I also have a one year old. Would you want to touch upon the right uh, habits that we, we should be uh, focusing on right now for for our infants and you know, toddlers? Mm hmm
0: so for the infants and toddlers so infants के लिए तो ज़्यादा नहीं है in terms of nutrition because वो लोग generally अपना शुरुआती समय में या तो मदद मिल पे होते हैं या formula पे होते हैं तो उनके लिए तो हम बिल्कुल ज़्यादा नहीं बोल सकते toddlers के लिए जो चीजें हैं उसके अंदर important चीज़ है कि हम हर चीज़ एक निर्धारित समय करें so that उनके hunger cues जो हैं वो properly because if we impose discipline in the they will revolt and they will not even feel very good about us. But ultimately, we are helping them by doing that. If it's 9 o'clock breakfast, it will only be 9 o'clock. If you're doing a few months, it will be like a alarm when you're hungry. So whatever comes in front of you, you'll eat. So this is something that we need to be very, very mindful about. And we need to very, very strongly discourage eating in front of the screen. This is what I always say. Even children need to eat mindfully. When you are looking at television, hmm. at that time you are not in sync with your hunger cues.
1: Definitely.
0: So yeah. if you are overfeeding a child, you ultimately unke fat cells ko force them to proliferate. Now you are thinking, there is a very sweet tooth. Yes, a little bit. How does the child look like this? But the thing is that when you have made that sweet tooth or tooth, how much will it happen after that? so that is why overfeeding we don't do it a is not equal to a fit a fat is not equal to a weak बच्चा. so we have to just make sure that they are eating in the right we will decide for them then they will become their and screen is when we screen junk food so one day I saw that my daughter was at a birthday party and she was very nicely eating her dal and chawal. and there was some t- television playing I couldn't say anything at that time because I don't want to come across as a stuck up mom who will be banned from every party but there was a commercial where a little monkey was eating something like gems or M&M's on a plate and then she threw her plate and she said that mama just wore gems on my plate And I was like, I cannot even say no now because this is brutality on my part. The child is seeing something which is lucrative and I deny her of that. Then I said, okay, I need to get gems and put them here because I don't want my child to be psychologically traumatized that, you know, what is happening, there is something very nice, everybody can enjoy it, I can't. So you have to take care of their mental health also. So I gave her gems at that time. But then I informed the host that, You know, if you ever call me again, please no television in front of my child. And even if there is, it has to be monitored and I need to be informed beforehand. So no eating in front of the screens and following a very, very disciplined schedule.
1: Okay. And uh, when you say, so this no screen advice, by the way, is, is, uh, goes for adults as well, right? Yeah. Because it puts you out of tune with your cues, hunger yeah. cues, right? It
0: takes you hunger 20 minutes. Cues. After your stomach is full, yeah. uske bhi baad it takes you 20 minutes for your brain to process. That you don't eat 20 yeah. minutes, you have to
1: But as far as... Uh, so when I'm feeding my daughter, hmm. she is... Uh, running around though is that okay because she would take one bite and then she'd run away so my daughter also does that
0: my Uh, daughter also does that but it is unfortunate and you know i'm not being able to correct that in her so that is why i have a lot of empathy and compassion towards other parents as well because all these things are easier said than done but if the child is running around then okay screen is not the distraction but there are other distractions if she's running and eating, then of course she cannot be in uh, sync with her hunger cues. And this is something that I am also struggling with as a parent. Yeah. My daughter does the same.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. While, while we're on this subject, there's just so much that we can talk about. But while we're on this subject, the, the, uh, another quick question about uh, the health of, of the mother. So hmm. once you've just given birth, hmm. um, this is the first year is extremely difficult, right? Hmm. First few months in particular. Yeah. Uh, and mother... Uh, mother's own health is the least of her concerns at that time because she's constantly just worried about the baby. Mm. But the baby is feeding off her. Yeah. And it is extremely important for mm. her to feed nourish herself. Mm. So what should she be mindful? Um, but what would be your advice to a new mother?
0: Yeah, so this is a topic which is like very close to my heart and I'm not even sure if I'll be able to keep a strictly professional perspective on this as I've been you, able to You to don't do- have
1: to. Be, make it personal yeah. also. So
0: I'll say first of all, my advice to all mothers... Mm. Please do not forget that you're important. This is what everything starts with. The society is very harsh. It takes a village to raise a baby. And people like me, we find ourselves parenting totally in isolation. And, you know, there is a Canadian uh, politician who gave a very beautiful speech. And I just remember it by heart now. I'll just say a few things. And it always brings tears to my eyes. She says that community is a luxury, you know, that many of the mothers cannot afford And we often find community which is very, very judgmental and harsh. Like if you come across a woman who is feeding her child formula, you will give 100 judgments and say, "Hamare zamane mein hum aise nahi thi. But Everyone, my wife say. faces that all yeah. the time. So what you don't realize is that I'm just quoting that woman, these are not my words. Yeah. And this is something that really resonated with me. She says that the woman has already checked, you know, cried at the checkout counter while buying the formula because she could not feed a hungry baby. So that is why women have to remember that criticism is something which is very, very easy. People will offer that. So take that in stride and always remember that it is not about you, it is about them. If they can be so harsh to a new mother and not be considerate of her feelings, then what kind of hardships they must have faced as mothers which made them so cynical and negative. So it is not about you, it is about them. Forgive them. Make yourself a priority. If you want a child to feed off you, then be a happy person, be a person who cares about his or her, about her needs. Because if you're a happy and strong person, then only you can, your offspring can be strong and happy. So make yourself a priority. And at this time, do not fixate on your weight at all. Just make sure that you're consuming a balanced diet, request family members to participate in child-rearing activities and make sure that you're sleeping well, Just make sure that every for every 30 minutes or 45 minutes per day, you are going out and walking. This is all that you should do. Have home-cooked meals. Have a balanced diet. You don't need to really load up on a lot of desi ghee unnecessarily. Just have a normal balanced diet. Just remember that while you're breastfeeding, you need 500 more calories as compared to uh, the state when you're not. So just make sure that you're eating really well to your heart's content. Have balanced diet, avoid processed food, go for regular walks and make sure that you're getting sleep. So this is my advice to all all mothers and stay guilt-free. Whatever it is that you're doing, you've done a commendable job by bringing another human being into the world. And that is really difficult. Kudos to you for that. You're a great mother. Remember that. And just take criticism in stride. This is something that I learned. Do anything. You know, first two questions that people ask Mm -hmm. you, I was amazed you've delivered a baby people will first comment This is patla hai iska to vajan kam hai then people will लड़ा ask ha ladka ladki pe bolenge nahi na usme bolenge nahi man mein sahi but
1: but, but hey, this is our experience hmm. uh, they'll say in in haryana in particular a lot of people when they hear it's a it's a girl they'll say oh chalo koi baat nahi koi
0: baat nahi give me a high five yeah this one i have also heard koi baat nahi seriously
1: <laughs> yeah. है. है. yeah
0: exactly hmm. yeah so this is the thing that happens then people will ask you normal delivery ah. के के like they're hmm. judging hmm. you Are, hmm. yeah. and then they will ask you aap breastfeed kar formula feed so, I even wrote a very cathartic and angry Facebook post. Mm. You know, at the time when I just delivered my baby, I think she was just three months old. I and think these were the questions. You remember? Post, yes. It was a very cathartic, strong, <laughs> very cynical post. It's like when you visit a young mother and you know uh, who who's just delivered a child. Please do not ask her whether it was a normal delivery or epidural. No epidural, formula, breastfeeding. Just ask her if you can hold her baby for an hour so that you can sleep. Yeah. Right. So these are the things that a young mother has to always remember... That you've done an excellent job by even giving birth to, mm-hmm. to a child, irrespective of the mode of delivery and whether you're formula feeding or breastfeeding. So give yourself a lot, lot of credit and respect for that. Yeah. And then make space for yourself. Tell people I need to sleep. It is not just my baby. Yeah. The entire family should participate. So that way make space for yourself without feeling guilty. Yeah. If you are experiencing postpartum blues, if you do not feel an instant connection with your child, if you feel oh ho, I it a can These feelings are valid. Do not criticize yourself for feeling that way. Accept every feeling and be okay with feeling the way you're feeling because it is a major change. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you don't have to be ideal all the time. You do not have to be in love with your baby all the time. You can be frustrated. Yeah. You can just really miss your pre-pregnancy and pre-childbirth life and that is completely legit. Yeah. Don't feel guilty about that. Yeah. Be- 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 behave like a boss. Yeah.
1: That's incredible. So I... Uh, ha- be Having been a recent father it's very uh different for for, for the for, for the father and the mother it's very different i yeah. i just witnessed it i i can't i've not been in her shoes so i don't know uh, for real but looking from uh from close um i have immense respect i mean what a woman's body goes through yeah. uh, during such a time it's it's incredible and even after giving birth this is the amount of stress and sleeplessness and um the roller coaster of emotions that a woman goes through yeah. is very different from what a man experiences. hormonal
0: changes hormonal changes
1: yeah. and uh, to to add to that de- de- deal with all judgments of all kinds it's yeah. it's uh, not a
0: self criticism self doubt
1: yeah yeah
0: comparison when you look at other kids and you feel oh my god my child is a picky eater her child is fine so I must have done something really wrong I'm yeah. such a terrible mother yeah. And yeah,
1: uh, yeah a, a, and you're also lost. You don't know why the baby's crying so much, and whether whether you're not feeding her enough or all those things. And
0: then and so you were so. angry, and then you were guilty about being angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. One last question. I mean, this is some. Uh, this is a problem that I need to solve. So tell me, how do we <laughs> yeah. uh, fix the child's uh, sleep schedule?
0: Okay. So, all right. Again, this is the domain of a clinical psychologist. Okay. Yeah. So, this is outside of my scope of practice. Okay. But I've made you a referral. He'll take care of this question.
1: Okay. Have you fixed her sleep schedule?
0: It took me a lot of time. I'll be how very did you honest. Do it? <laughs> so, I did that by setting a time that let us say she has to go to bed at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. So, I would f- turn off all the lights and I would stop interacting with her. No matter how many questions she asks me, I would ignore her while being attentive. It is one thing to ignore somebody while you're not attentive. I'm very attentive to what she's saying. And I'm, you know, giving her comfort by patting her, by running my fingers to her hair and just humming a little lullaby. Something like that, that she knows that I'm around and I'm attentive, but I'm not talking to her. I'm refraining from making an eye contact with her and if the lights are you know turned off they are turned off so she got used to that okay this is the time when the lights go off and my mother stops interacting with me yeah and it is a monologue at best that i can yeah. do and i'll get no response so yeah. that helped me
1: yeah no i can understand december but, but just the fact that you said it took you a very long time to fix that i can that answers the questions for me because what mm-hmm. we've uh, tri- we've tried multiple things and she does sleep on time but then she wakes up at 3 in the morning then are
0: they and then doing that?
1: then she sleeps at 7 in the morning mm-hmm. so it's,
0: yeah. <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> An down, I have been through that phase. It is painful. Hang in there, my friend. Things will get better. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank you. We shall. Yeah. Um, I think these, with this, we are good. Um, mm-hmm. With the promise of bringing you back on the show. Absolutely. Uh, because there are there's just so many things about nutrition. Yeah. It's, a, it's a minefield, you know. There's yeah. just so much to discuss and, and clarify for people. Yeah. So before we go, uh, two things. One, we are... A, Well, when this is going to be out, it will already be in 2023. Mm -hmm. So, what's your advice for people Mm -hmm. when they set their New Year resolutions? What should they look for? And even if you don't like the word resolution, whatever you want to tell them Mm -hmm. uh, to take care of in the New
0: Year. Absolutely. So, first I will tell them not to have any New Year resolutions because we make them every year (laughs) and then we tend to derail and not follow and then blame ourselves for not being able to adhere with them even this time around. Yeah, so don't have resolutions. But, you know, you can just keep a few pointers in your mind. Number one, that you're going to limit outside eating. Number two, that you're going to do as much cooking at home as uh, possible and do not just keep it a woman's job. Stay involved, involve husbands, involve kids, and it has to be a collective activity. Number three, you have to avoid eating anything that comes out of a packet. It doesn't have to be processed or packaged food. Number four, you have to pay a lot of respect to your traditional food wisdom. because, uh, And you have to also eat intuitively. For example, if you feel that eating like a brick of paneer is something which is odd, then it is odd. Number six, you have to just ensure diversity of nutrients in your diet for which you do not really need to take exotic superfoods. All you can do is that you can just ensure diversity in your diet. Because if you change the kind of lentils, pulses, beans, legumes and uh, fruits and vegetables on a daily basis or a very frequent basis then you are bound to have a diversity of nutrients in your diet so the possibility of you developing any nutrient deficiencies becomes very low by default so you don't really even have to take professional help for that if there is diversity in your diet then this is sort of an umbrella insurance that you are you will not develop any kind of deficiencies the next one is that you have to just be very mindful about how you're feeling how fit you're feeling, how energetic you're feeling and how your moods are. And in case you feel that there is any derailment or if there is anything which is unusual, then you give it time. People say, give it time. Yes, give it time. But then you define how much time are you going to give this and then is it going away on its own? Was it just an episode which took care of itself? So when you are feeling low, physically mentally or both usually it is interconnected then you give yourself a certain time frame that okay this is the time frame till which i'm going to wait it out for it to resolve if it doesn't subside by then then i am going to see a professional And the other one is that no matter how busy you are, you have to make physical activity a priority. There are many people who are active couch potatoes these days who just sit all day long in front of the screen and then they hit the gym for one hour and then they are very, very surprised when they get a heart attack. So do not just be an active couch potato, be somebody who is physically active throughout the day. And of course, we all have a very, very fast-paced lifestyle. So we have to just integrate physical activity in every possible way in our day, like taking... uh, using a staircase instead of using a lift and while you are doing your telephonic consultations or you have your telephonic meetings you can always walk and this is something people sometimes feel that okay if I start doing this then I will look the odd one out, my boss will say that everybody else is sitting and they are taking the calls right in the cabin, what's wrong with you are you so special that you want to go to the park nearby or you just want to be in the campus and walk and talk, then sometimes you initiate things, you don't even know that you know how many people you are helping by setting example yeah for instance i tend to wear sports shoes everywhere i go mostly so you know initially i thought that i will be mocked but then later there were a couple of people who told me that oh you've started doing it this right. and so it gave us confidence also that we can also you know be very confident while wearing sports shoes yeah. so give yourself opportunities to stay physically active whenever you have the opportunity to stand do not sit when you have the opportunity to walk do not stand when you have the opportunity to run do not walk so these are some of the things that you have to do. For instance, I used to just use my child as a prop when I used to exercise and strength train when I delivered. So you have to make the best of whatever you have and and do not make resolutions like this. When this happens, then I will do that. Because situations are never 100% conducive for anybody. Yeah. You have to make the best of whatever you can. Yeah. Then the last thing, do not have a zero and one mentality. Yeah. That when I have the time to exercise... Then I'm going to work on my sleep. Then I'm going to work on my mental health. And then I'm going to start having nutritious, well-balanced food. In case you're not in a situation to exercise, at least have nutritious, homemade meals. So do not make it a zero or one. Either I'm doing it all well or I'm not doing it at all. And the other thing is do not resort to things which are short-term. Whenever you are about to start a thing, ask yourself, can I sustain this for the next 10 years? Can I be on this kind of a diet for the next 10 years? Can I just avoid eating carbs for the next 10 years? If I'm invited to a social gathering, can I manage not eating there at all for the next 10 years? Can I manage working out at the gym for three hours every day? Is it doable for me so just make sure and even when you're doing something which is very drastic like you do ultra distance running that you cannot do all the time every time then also you should have fair clarity that this is something that i can do at a certain frequency every year for the next 10 years fair enough so you should know what you're getting into and you should ask yourself whether this is sustainable or not if the answer is yes please go ahead if the answer is no then please go for an alternate plan
1: Dr. Medha Kapoor, there's a lot of wisdom in there. (laughs) Okay, so let's uh, wrap this. This has been incredible. Before we go, uh, tell everybody where they can find you.
0: All right. So I'm into my private practice and I have my clinic on Shivalik Road. And uh, it is by the name of Varsity Skin and Wellness Clinic. My husband is a dermatologist. He takes care of the skin part and I take care of the wellness part. So this is where you can Any find Any me.
1: social media pages that they can find you on?
0: Yeah, you can find me off on Facebook. And I'll be very honest, I used to be very active on Facebook. And after I had delivered my child and I had to take care of her and my workplace and my domestic responsibilities and social responsibilities, I really didn't get a lot of time to post a lot of content. But yeah, again, this is my new year resolution. I discourage other people from making it, but I make it myself that I'm going to be more active on social media. But yes, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on YouTube as well. And possibly very soon on Instagram. What's
1: your YouTube channel called?
0: So it is Dr. Medha Kapoor PhD. And on Instagram? By the same name. On Instagram, I'm not too active yet. I'm active on uh, YouTube and Facebook. Because Mm. when I was very active on social media, the times, it was the age of YouTube and Facebook. Facebook. Now is the age of Instagram. Instagram. So I have to up my game and be a little more Gen Z and, you know, do stuff. yeah. Yeah. I will.
1: Okay guys you know where to find her if you have if you have any questions anything to do with nutrition or wellness or health you know where to go. Absolutely. Dr. Medha Kapoor it's been a pleasure.
0: Likewise. Likewise. Thank you. So Thank you so much. much. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you for staying with us till the end. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please consider subscribing and sharing it with your friends and family. So do look forward to the 1st and the 15th of every month. See you in the next episode. And until then, my friends, keep working on finding your ultra.